What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. Go to bitcoinandmarkets.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Hey, guys. So I thought I would put out an audio version of the newsletter. I'm trying to figure out ways to produce a lot more content for a lot less work. And I'm already doing this uh, newsletter and it contains a lot of information. So I wanted to put this out there as an audio version and I can talk a little bit more about each section. So um, the, the newsletter is about a 10 minute read, five to 10 minute read. And it has, you know, broken up with helpful headings and things. So you can just skip around. Um, but I'm going to be hopefully pumping out this audio version um, with a couple episodes a week. And we'll see how this goes. I'm just going to try this out for the time being. All right. At the beginning of the newsletter, I always talk about what I have done in the last week or so my most recent content. And last week I had a ton of podcast episodes. So I had two from FedWatch. Um, one was we just got on Twitter spaces and talked a little bit there about inflation, deflation, very informal debate uh, conversation with uh, Alex Gladstein and Joe Carlosari. Bitcoin Tina jumped in towards the end. I was on there Matthew Pines, uh, who else? Jay Goulds, a bunch of other people, a couple blue check marks were on there. Uh, so it was a good conversation. I actually had my phone was working with Twitter spaces. Anyway, then I had uh, another FedWatch podcast talking about mainly the ECB and Europe. So that's really good to listen to if you want to understand what's going on in the financial system. Uh, and then I had, of course, the podcast I released on this feed, which was about Bitcoin's four-year cycles. So you guys can check those out. Okay, moving on. I also have a partnership starting with Bitcoin Day. Bitcoin Day is a chance for the local community, business professionals, newbies, and cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, leaders to gather under one roof to inspire, socialize, and learn from each other. So um, I started, was part of starting this back in Omaha in 2014. But since then, they have really taken this to the next level, and they have an event coming up in Sacramento, uh, Oklahoma City. I think there's one in Sioux City, Iowa, and then one in Nashville. I'm going to be going to the one in Nashville uh, later on this year, so check out BitcoinDay.io and see their schedule of events. Okay, uh, market commentary. Let's get into the main stories. So Russia is in the headlines again for Bitcoin for the fourth week in a row. And so if you're not familiar with this back and forth, it started from the Russian central bank. They said they wanted to ban Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining in the country. Then Putin and probably some other oligarchs came out and said, no, they actually like Bitcoin. They think it's a good fit for the country. Then last week, they had a bunch of agencies in the government also come out and say, they think that we sh they should offer Bitcoin services to people. And so then this week now, the big announcement is that they will be regulating Bitcoin and not banning it. And a lot of Bitcoiners are excited about this. They think it's a win for Bitcoin, that this is like lax concessions for Bitcoin. And hopefully other countries will be kind of pressured into doing the same thing. Uh, that remains to be seen. My opinion on this matter is... A little less optimistic. I think Russia is has a very specific situation under financial sanctions and threats of like the worst financial sanctions in the modern era. They're under threats right now from NATO and the West, uh, the U.S. 
in that regard. So this type of technology that is allows Putin to almost call their bluff or allows Putin to have more leverage in that back and forth, uh, I think is extremely beneficial for Russia. But other countries aren't in that similar situation. And we'll see how this this develops. But it is a big deal. It's just not quite the domino deal that I think most Bitcoiners think. And my my take generally on regulation is that it's going to happen. Um, we don't really want it to happen, I guess. It's not that we don't want Bitcoin to be regulated in these countries and stuff. But these countries can't affect the way Bitcoin actually operates. So like under a gold standard, say, you still could transact in your gold and silver coins like cash. The same sort of thing is going to be available for Bitcoin. But they are going to try to regulate it differently in different countries. Hopefully, most Western countries will be super free. I think the U.S. will be very friendly to Bitcoin and to Bitcoiners in the future. So that's what I, I generally think. It's going to happen. They can't change Bitcoin. They can only help Bitcoin get more adopted. And this has to do with the monetary chasm. And I'm writing a piece right now for Bitcoin Magazine about the monetary chasm and how does something go from being a store of value into being a generally or universal medium of exchange. And government regulation, or at least government acknowledgement, is a portion of that. It's not absolutely necessary. It's not absolutely necessary, but it is a huge leg up if that happens. That should happen for Bitcoin and not altcoins. And that's one of the things that are going to separate Bitcoin from altcoins. But okay, that was a long explanation. Next big story is Bitfinex hackers found. If you guys don't know, back in 2016, Bitfinex suffered a massive hack. Thousands of different accounts were cracked and Bitcoins drained out of them. It was 120,000 Bitcoins. And it seems like they now have recovered 94,000. And they traced them to this couple in Manhattan that, you know, just some weird couple, some kind of eccentric couple. The girl is like this horrible rapper on, she has a bunch of videos on YouTube and stuff. Just a unsophisticated couple. And I think it's kind of, I mean, I haven't seen much from him, so he might be the mastermind behind this, but they found the private keys to the Bitcoin on a public Dropbox, or at least a public cloud storage account. Not public, but, uh, you know, unencrypted and just open for whoever wants to hack it. And they found the, the private keys to $4 billion worth of Bitcoins. That's what we're supposed to believe. I think this is very fishy. There's another part of the story that they're not telling us, and uh, we'll have to see how this develops. But the way they were storing the Bitcoins doesn't match the savviness of what we're supposed to believe that they did, right? So anyway, there's there's something something else going on. But it's interesting to see that this happened, that they recovered this. And uh, overall, what I think about this situation is Bitfinex is going to hopefully get those coins back. The Department of Justice is saying that they will give those coins back. And what is Bitfinex now going to do with that $4 billion? Um, they could invest it, right? They invest it in the space. We have another story here about Binance and how they're investing money right now. 
So perhaps Bitfinex, who has always been very Bitcoin friendly, they, and not like they, they offer altcoins, you can trade altcoins and stuff, but they haven't, they've been friends of Bitcoin where Binance has been more of a scam, you know, altcoin casino. Bitfinex has been much more responsible in my opinion and putting out really good products. So their investments with this $4 billion that they recovered are probably going to go a very long way to help Bitcoin. They're not going to get dumped on the market. Um, and there was a risk of that happening if they were still with the hackers. So uh, I think overall, this is a very good story that could have some very good ramifications for Bitcoin going forward. All right, next big story is BlackRock. So they are the largest wealth advisor or sorry, asset manager in the world. They have over $10 trillion in client and institutional funds. And news broke or leaked that they are going to be offering Bitcoin investment services to their clients very soon, most likely in the next month or two. And that is a huge deal because even if, you know, we've been getting stuff from wealth advisors, there was this story that I covered last week about this real big guy, can't remember his name though right now. It's a, he's a wealth advisor to wealth advisor. So he's very highly connected and, and well known to the wealth advisor uh, profession. And he was saying that about a third of people are going to add Bitcoin to their portfolios this year. And the average is going to be three to 5% of the, you know, of the portfolios of those third. So if we talk about that with this $10 trillion or more, and we want to say about 3%, I mean, that's hundreds of billions potentially being invested in Bitcoin. That alone could quadruple the market cap. So this is a pretty big deal. We'll have to, you know, continue to watch it. But uh, I think this is, this is potentially a bigger story than the Russia story uh, for how much money could come in to, into Bitcoin. So. All right, moving on. Tallycoin. Man, Tallycoin's great. This is service. This guy, DJ Booth on Twitter, he started it several years ago. I actually did a small fundraiser that didn't make any money on uh, Tallycoin back in like 2017 or something like that. And it's really just a pass-through service. So you have an address that you're trying to raise money and you go there and you create a campaign with milestones and stuff. And he never touches the Bitcoin, but his his software tracks that address and how much is going into that address. So he, you know, you can hit milestones and whatever. So it's a very decentralized way to raise money of, with Bitcoin. And anyway, the big story for Tallycoin, they got mentioned on Fox News a couple times and they were on Zero Hedge, I saw. Um, it's with these Canadian truckers. So, you know, they've had problems with GoFundMe stealing their coins and finally, or stealing their funds, their donations. Then refunding them. Everyone kind of rolled over to Give, Send, Go. Then Give, Send, Go was served from a Canadian court to freeze the funds. I don't think they're going to do that, but I haven't seen an update on that story in the last couple of days. But uh, anyway, it's it's a, these are centralized services that can be a victim to government overreach, right? Where Tallycoin isn't. And Tallycoin has been raising money for the truckers and they've raised over a million dollars worth of Bitcoin in a very short period of time for the truckers. And this is unseizable, unfreezable money going straight to the truckers. So I think this is great. Uh, good job on from DJ Booth and Tallycoin. Um, I hope 
things like this continue. This is a very, very big moment for Bitcoin to shine. And I think this is, this is just great. Okay, last story here is, I kind of alluded to earlier is Binance. And they made a $200 million investment in Forbes. So Forbes is a 100-year-old media company and you know very well-known, very well-respected. They have very wide distribution of their, their content. And Binance invests $200 million in there. But they take half of a private investment round. They're, they're, Forbes was looking for $400 million. And Binance covered half of that. So I don't know what kind of stake that they got in the company, but it's probably significant. Now, they, they want to promote, quote unquote, crypto. There's a red lining or a silver lining to this bad story. And that is that, yeah, they're going to be pumping crypto and they're going to be pumping scams, altcoins and this garbage. But once ever, <laughs> it sucks, but the, the best way to be, well, not the best way, but most people become Bitcoin maximalists because they've been wrecked on altcoins. So just getting them into the system is part of a good thing. But another thing too is that this sets precedence for other companies. Like I said, Bitfinex or perhaps Blockstream or some of these other big Bitcoin only or Bitcoin friendly companies can do a similar thing with these established media outlets. Because right now, you know, we have Coinbase or sorry, we have um, Coindesk, which is probably the biggest uh, media outlet for for Bitcoin, the Bitcoin industry, and they are huge altcoin pumpers. Bitcoin Magazine, which does exceptional work, really love being a part of uh, Bitcoin Magazine's team, but they just don't have the widest distribution yet, right? So uh, that is maybe Bitcoin Magazine could get in with some of these other companies, and that would be that would be pretty cool. But yeah, this is a precedence set and hopefully Bitcoin friendly companies partake in doing this. And that would be great for Bitcoin to spread education, really separate Bitcoin from altcoins, because that is the next hurdle is to say Bitcoin is unique. These other coins are garbage and they, they shouldn't, they are definitely not substitutes for Bitcoin because right now everyone thinks that Bitcoin and altcoin or altcoins are substitutes for Bitcoin. Not everyone, of course, we have Bitcoin maximalists out there that know what's going on. And we've been fighting this fight for many years, trying to separate these two. But there is still that understanding out there that these altcoins are, are substitutes. Until that gets cleared up, then Bitcoin is not going to be able to cross the monetary chasm. That must be cleared up. And that is I'll just say it here. That is one good thing about government acknowledgement. Because government is going to acknowledge Bitcoin and they're not going to acknowledge these altcoins. And that drives a stake, not just a wedge, but a metal stake between Bitcoin and altcoins. That is possibly the key to broad acceptance because it's so, I mean, the technology, once you look into it and get dive into it, fall down the rabbit hole, it becomes obvious, right? The technology isn't that hard to understand. If you spend a little bit of time and you're motivated and you're interested in this type of thing. But for, I would say, at least 50% of the people, they don't care. They just want to use money that people will accept, right? They want to earn money and spend money. That's what they want to do. To reach those people, 
they they will always be laggards, but there is you know the government acceptance and government regulation is a way to pound it into these people's heads that altcoins are not substitutes. So anyway, that's that's my little rant for that. Let's get into price section here a little bit, and I'm going to break this into two parts. So I'll see you on the next part. We're going to be talking about the price. <laughs> 